You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, the Bills got back to work preparing for what is an absolutely monstrous AFC game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Monday night, Monday night football. And of course, on Channel Seven in Buffalo, hey. where Matt Bove <laughs> joins me, Sal Capaccio here, and it's always game day in Buffalo. It's going to be a big game day for you guys on Monday, Matt. Uh, going to be cool for you guys to have this on your network—a absolutely huge game for both the Bills and the Bengals. Yeah, I don't want to be the guy who like blows things out of proportion, but it might be the biggest football game that's ever been played, and it's on Channel Seven. But no, I actually saw a couple tweets from people who were like, "This might be the biggest Monday Night Football game in years." And a couple of the other games that got brought up were the Chiefs and Rams game from a couple of years ago, where they just kind of went nuts offensively. But that was a cross conference game that really didn't matter that much. This one is a match up of two great teams fighting for the one seed that are legitimate Super Bowl contenders and they have two of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL with Burrow and with Allen so I think that like this one when the schedule came out and you looked at this game you're like man that one could be huge then the Bengals start a little slow they lose their first couple games and you're like eh, maybe not maybe they're fighting to keep their playoff hopes alive now these two teams have one clear goal in mind, and it's not as simple as whoever wins gets the one seed, but for the bills, it's pretty close. And for the Bengals, you're giving yourself a chance. Yeah. So on WGR on the extra point show that I host with Joe DiBiase on Thursday, we had a Bengals beat writer, Charlie Goldsmith join us. He writes for the inquirer. And he said, this is the biggest home game, not just Monday night game, not night game, the biggest home game, regular season home game ever at Paul Brown stadium, which is now what Paycon, Paycor? How do you say it? Paycor stadium. Maybe I still have been putting in Paul Brown stadium on okay. Google maps when I'm trying to figure out how I got to exactly. get to the stadium on uh, Monday. <laughs> he said, it's the biggest home game, regular season home game in that stadium's history. At least some are calling it that. And then I thought about it and I said, well, as much as that might sound exaggerating, if we reversed it, it could definitely be up there for the bills. Even it's one of the biggest regular season road games in bills history for sure. Yeah, I had a really cool opportunity. I actually chatted with Joe Buck earlier today from ESPN. Game dropper. No big deal. And he's calling the game for Monday Night Football. Yes. And I kind of brought the same thing up to him. And I was just like, listen, there are people who are saying that this is one of the biggest Monday Night Football games ever. And he basically said, 
you have to get up for every game when you do his job, because, you know, for all, you know, these people are only watching one game and they're not tuning in every single week, but he's like, when the schedule came out and we saw that game, we kind of circled it and we're like, Whoa, this one could be good. And everything has kind of worked itself out to get to that point where it's even maybe the expectations are even greater than they were when the schedule came out all the way back in may or whatever it was. So I think from the national perspective, this is pretty big. And also, so Joe Buck's calling the game with Troy Aikman. I asked him, I can't think of another Bills game that Joe Buck has called. Now, obviously, we're doing, we're in the press box, you're on the field. So we're not watching a lot of games on television. And he said the only Bills game that he can remember off of the top of his head calling was the Bills Chiefs game in 2020 because it was moved from Thursday to Monday at five o'clock but it was an empty stadium. It was a COVID game. It was really, really rainy that day. So it was a really weird atmosphere. So he was like, yeah, I've never really called a big time bills game. And this is going to be about as big as they get in the regular season. That's wild. I got to think he definitely had to call a bills game somewhere along the line. Well, I'm I'm sure maybe he, (laughs) I'm sure maybe he has, but keep in mind, he was primarily NFC. So I know. And if if I remember right, we did this exercise, you know, um, Mike Shope is big into this too, with announcers and things like that. If I remember right, there was like an NFC team that came to Buffalo and he did, it might've been Dallas or green Bay or something like that back years ago. Oh, that makes sense. He, but the fact that he couldn't think of it off of That's the right. top of his That's head a great point. means that probably most people couldn't, he probably has, but as far as, you know, I, I don't think he's ever called a playoff game for the bills. And as far as regular season games are concerned, this is certainly the biggest bills game that he will be part of the call on. So it's, I think I've always kind of said this. I think when you hear Joe Buck's voice, you, there's like a big game feel. It's just when he's oh, yeah. in the booth, whether it's baseball or it's football, it's a really big game. Whether you love them, whether you don't like them, there's a big feel that comes with Joe Buck. So having the Bills, on, and keep in mind, second Monday Night Football game for the year for the Bills, but their first one right. was week two, and it was a doubleheader, and Buck and Aikman called the Vikings-Eagles. A good call. Yes, good call. and the Bills you know, dismantled the Titans, who are frauds, by the way. <laughs> right. And that's, that's great because people are thinking, wait a minute. No, no, no. It can't be because they do Monday night football. The bills have been on Monday night football this year. They didn't have that announcing crew. They had um, Steve was, Levy, Dan Orlovsky and Lewis Riddick in that yep. game. Yeah. Which is that a was, r- really solid crew in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it hasn't happened, but it is a very big game in Cincinnati. Bills got back to work on Thursday, which was like a normal Wednesday for the media, if you will. Like Wednesday is like the big media day where we hear from Josh Allen and other people, because with the game on being Thursday, that makes sense. It's just uh, everything gets pushed up a day, if you will, or back, I guess you'd say, whatever you want to call it. Um, I will tell you, Matt, the bills are, as you would expect, they're very recognizing of what this game means but they're not putting more emphasis on it. Right. I mean, it's not like, yeah, we got to win this game to win the one seed. That's not the talk. It's yeah. We know what this game means, but it's also the next game on the schedule. And I think they do approach every week like that. And if anybody says, Oh, come on, you know, they're downplaying it. I would say, I don't think so. I think this is just the consistency and the messaging of Sean McDermott and the way they've been for five years. I think it's always kind of, tried to be that way. And there are weeks when I think that's kind of lip service. And there are weeks when I actually truly believe it. And I feel like this is one of those weeks where I truly believe it 
even though I understand the magnitude of the game, I think they are doing everything in their power not to think about that. I think it's counterintuitive. If you do that, I understand what's at stake, what's on the line. I don't think they want to think of it that way. I think they just want to think of it as like, listen, we got a really good team. We got to play. This is a tough opponent. Let's go in there and throw punches because we like our chances. So I know people roll their eyes when they hear, Oh, I don't even know who we're playing next week. Like they always know who they're playing next week. That being said though, I think they're just trying to think about this one right now. Well, one of the things they'll be thinking about that they'll be very happy about is getting Mitch Morse back. Their starting center was back at practice on Thursday and he has been through the concussion protocol. He's cleared concussion protocol. He was concussed during the team's win against the Miami dolphins. He missed the win against the Chicago bears. There was a lot of speculation, a lot of talk, and a lot of concern, quite frankly, over Mitch Morris. This is his, mm-hmm. I believe, what Eric Wood said was his sixth documented concussion. I'm not positive on that. He's had multiple. We know that it's at least like four or five, somewhere like, like that. But th- the point is, it's been a lot. And it's something that obviously you'd be concerned about for Mitch Morris. But I have to tell you that talking with Mitch Morris and hearing him talk, he sounded very, very confident that, um, you know, he's in a good spot with it and how it was treated and how that, uh, the medical staff and him coordinated and communicated and for the bills to get him back is very good news. I understand people being concerned, Matt, but I also say we're not doctors. I'm not, you're not. And if the bills, medical staff and Mitch Morris all, you know, go through the process and say, he's ready to play and can go out on the field, then I'm going to trust that that's the best choice for him. Yeah. And I think that given how I I don't want to say fast it happened, but I think that's a really promising sign that last week was the shutdown week where, Hey, don't even really think about trying to get back here. I'm sure he wanted to, but the team was probably just like, listen, take it slow. We'll get you back when you're legitimately ready. Mm -hmm. And now that we're a week past that, and they had that extra day off or actually it would be an extra two days off because they played on Saturday. I think that that's a great sign for them because Mitch Morris, you could argue has been their most valuable offensive lineman for the entire season. My question to you is with Mitch Morris back, what do you think their starting five should be? Do you think it should be the starting five they've had for most of the year when healthy, or do you think Butker should get maybe some play? Do you think like, what are you thinking here? I'm not ready to put Ike Bucker in the starting lineup. I don't know what necessarily he's ready to give you uh, from a standpoint of just being his second game back and not playing a lot in his first game. I like the fact that, you know, Roger Saffold's been the guy that's been there and a running attack now that's doing really well. They're the number one rushing attack in the NFL. As far as yards per player concerned, they're number four, I think overall in the NFL uh, yards per game. I would probably be able to, entertain the thought at least that maybe there's an upgrade there at some point, but I'm not sure you, I'm not sure that that's the case necessarily. I want to see like Butker play. I want to see him be able to do that. And I'm not ready. I guess a lot of fans are just to say that Roger Saffold's a guy that needs to be replaced. I know some people think that I'm not quite sure. I, I think there's a lot that goes into that. I think there's a lot that probably we don't see. And I think they're running the ball so well now that I wouldn't want to mess with that. 
I tend to agree with you. And it's something that I've seen a couple of people talk about on social media and just kind of out and about. And I think that given the magnitude of this game, even though we just talked about how it's just the next game and given the point in the season that they're at, I don't think now is the time to be trying to get some new chemistry built and trying to tweak some things. If it doesn't need to like injury, if injuries force you to do that, that's one thing, but that's not the case right now. So the bills should be able to roll out their starting five offensive linemen with Deion Dawkins, with Roger Saffold, Mitch Morse, assuming he's ready to go, Ryan Bates, and then Spencer Brown. But it's also really nice for them to have Ike Bucker just kind of available and as Mr. Versatile for really any of their interior guys that go down. I would say that, you know, Ryan Bates played really well last week. He's played well when he's filled in. Um, when you get past that and something happens to him and Greg Van Roten has to go in, that's when trouble starts. And that's not a shot at Greg Van Roten. I think that for him to be an interior swing guy, to be able to play multiple positions is great, but you are limited in your playbook. When you get to your third center, you can't really go under center. We've seen that you have to go more from shotgun Mm -hmm. and, you know, it obviously helps to have a guy like Ike Butker who can fill in and play multiple roles as well. But Mitch Morris is back. Um, interesting. Sean McDermott said that Boogie Basham wouldn't practice and then Boogie Basham practiced. So he was out there and he was uh, practicing. So that's interesting. That's uh, good news going forward. But then you have a couple of guys that are out, including Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs had an illness. He missed practice on Thursday. Now, of course, we say this hoping Stefan Diggs is totally fine and he'll be back to practice on Friday and play. But there was a lot of joking about the fact <laughs> that he actually was on social media saying he was making himself dinner and cooking tacos, I believe. And then he was sick right after that. Maybe he didn't cook the meat enough. Maybe there's like a hint of food poisoning going on. I I hope it's nothing too serious, obviously for his sake. I feel like everybody I know is sick right now. Everybody. So we have this crazy once in a live, once in a lifetime, devastating blizzard a couple days ago. And now everybody I know is sick. They're posting about that. They're drinking emergency and they're trying to have elderberry and they're just chugging Pedialyte and Gatorade. I, I don't know if it's just this time of year. I don't know if it's that everybody was cooped up in their house for several days and they couldn't get outside and they didn't get any sunlight. I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's a lot of bugs going around and maybe it's just kind of something like that. Well, hopefully Stefan Diggs is okay. Jordan Poyer also missed with a knee injury, something he's been dealing with. I don't think that that's anything to be too concerned with this earlier in the week uh, with Jordan Poyer. And then you had uh, Christian Benford was an interesting one. He is, he's been out, but he was activated. Shouldn't say that he was his 21 day window opened to be activated. Yeah. We'll have until January 18th. And obviously that's down the road in the playoffs with Matt. I wouldn't be stunned if Christian Benford played this week against this particular opponent that has so many weapons that the bills are going to want as much depth as possible in the secondary. If he's ready to go, then I think that they should try and have him go just because you have three stuff like Jamar chase. I'm willing to say, you know, pretty confidently top five receiver in the NFL. And I understand the company that that puts him in. He's unbelievable. T Higgins might be top 15. He's really good. He's got a skill set that could provide, nightmares for the bills defense and you can't sleep on Tyler Boyd at all. So yeah, I think having Christian Benford kind of ready to go. We talked about it. Christian Benford might be their second best option right now behind Tredavious white. Maybe it's Kyir Elam. Maybe they still trust Dane Jackson a little bit more, but there was a reason Benford was playing as much as he was until he got injured. We're going to talk more about the Bengals and the bills. With Joe Goodberry. Joe is a Western New York resident, but he's been following and writing about and doing a lot of media stuff 
covering the Bengals uh, over the years. A lot of you might be familiar with him. He's going to join us next, and it's always game day in Buffalo.